Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Not Your Average Joe, the podcast that'll make anyone a little less average. I'm your host, Joe Franco, and oh my God, today, today I fangirled. Now, on today's episode, I have a very special guest who I have been looking up to since I was 11 or 12 years old. All of those emotions that you have toward things that you've been through are positive changes because you have to go across the bridge of emotion to get to the other side, right? Like change doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, you might have light bulb moments and aha moments, but all of it requires work and action. And so if right now tears are your action, then keep on crying. Keep on crying, keep on crying, keep on crying, keep on crying through it because eventually you'll know why you're crying through it. And then eventually you'll hopefully be able to work your way that you can manage it and and really use it to teach yourself and other people how to persevere. And that's just a little teaser of what we're about to talk about on today's episode. My guest for the next hour is Mr. Sean T, a celebrity fitness coach, a motivator, an overall amazing spirit that I cannot describe with these accolades. He's a husband, he's a loving father, and after this very short but delicious conversation with him, I realize this man is the definition of not your average Joe. You're gonna want to take notes for this one. Kill the intro, sis. You know she's not your average show. Not your average show. Quick change and it's time to work out. Pop divas are in the best shape because they get full body workouts while performing on dancing, you know, stages and stuff like that. Jennifer Lopez and Beyonce and all them, perfect examples. Here to show us how to dance our way to great bodies is celebrity trainer, Sean T. What's up, Yes! How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. So, you know, people, people like, love to work out, but sometimes they don't want to do push-ups and jumps and all that stuff. And my girl, Serena Williams, y'all know Serena. Serena, even though she's the best athlete in the world, she likes to dance to work out. And I had an opportunity to dance with her at her pool, and we were going for it, and we were doing nice. science. Because it's fun, and a lot of people don't want to think about, you know, size is the end of exercise. So you don't want to think about doing push-ups. You want to feel like you're out at a party at the club getting in, like, whoa, whoa. That's Sean on Wendy Williams' show, No Big Deal. And today we get to talk to him. I'm telling you guys, I never fangirl. I don't even know who this is. But honestly, I'm not even upset that I'm fangirling because when I think back to my earliest memories of being motivated, I really do think about going upstairs in the attic and putting on that DVD and pushing myself. And it's because Sean was on the other side of the screen. And little did I know that that seed of motivation that he planted, he had no idea he was planting it, would get me to build a life and career that would allow me to sit down and speak to him. Like, talk about full circle moment. Sean has changed people's lives, not only mentally, emotionally, but of course, physically. He's the trainer behind Hip Hop Abs, Insanity That Kicks Your Booty, and so many other workout programs. He published a book called Tears for Transformation that y'all gonna be adding to your book lists and purchasing after this episode. And he's been throwing down the wisdom since 2017 on his very own podcast called Trust and Believe That Your Girl is gonna be featured on in a few weeks. Even though he's known in Hollywood as a fitness motivator, it's easy to see within the first five seconds that he's going to motivate you in a much deeper way than just the surface while having a good ass time too wait a minute i'm so excited but wait a minute i'm like running around here i hate being late so i'm running around here i'm like where are my airpods i'm thinking that one of my nannies like she's washing her clothes right now my airpods in my pocket i'm like no and then chip has them like plugged in over there but anyway oh my goodness. I'm screaming. Sean, Mr. <laughs> Shanti, I don't think you understand 
Like, I don't fangirl often. I really don't. I'm the kind of person, I'm like, no, we're all equals. We all eat and drink and poop. You, I am fangirling <laughs> over you because you have planted the seed that would become like this motivated lifestyle. Hip hop abs, I mean, was the first time that I started working out. I was like 11, 12, doing these crazy movements. You're amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Wait, first of all, you told me you were tw 11 or 12 years old. <laughs> now I feel old. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true. It's true. No, but I... But you know what? It's fine. I can still rock with the best of them. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm so just impressed and in awe. And then listening to your podcast, you're so good at just being real. I don't even know where to start. Uh, this podcast is all about the not average Joe, and you're you're that. You're mm. a not average Joe through and through for for years now. I I so appreciate you saying that because I think that on the surface, when people have success, right, like people automatically put people on a pedestal, and so when you put people on a pedestal, you think that their life is normal and great and grand, and it's just all full of greatness when really you know my entire story comes from not the average Joe it comes from a place where my mom is on food stamps from sexual abuse and sexual trauma to having to come out as gay to being in an interracial marriage to having kids via surrogacy where my twins one looks white and one looks black like it's <laughs> not your average Joe I like a cup of Joe, but I'm not your average Joe at all and I just I love that you have this podcast because I tell people all the time, you know, there's no such thing as normal. And if we really look at our, you know, our makeup and our uniqueness, individual uniqueness of ourselves individually, people who are listening or watching, you'll notice that like, even though you may feel like you had this white picket fence, fence life, like you're not the average person. You are so special and so unique. So I just really appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. I just much. can't believe you've had the energy to stay in the game for as long as you have I was doing a lot of stalking because one, you were always such a positive light, even on that DVD. <laughs> but it's been amazing to see that consistency and that's coming from an authentic place. But like where I want to go to the back, to the present, to the future. But I guess to start off, where do you fill your cup? Like you can't just, you know, you, you're explaining all these ups and downs and how what it looks like is not always what it seems to be. So how do you put on that smile? and you show your face to the world being a public person when maybe you woke up and you're like, I feel like shit today. Yes, oh my gosh, that's such a great question. So I have many different cups. So I have a cup in every different cupboard. Sometimes, well, first I'll say, I think it's kind of cliche to say your life should be balanced. However, my life has to be balanced or I'm completely off kilter and I am, I'm a feeler. A lot of people don't understand this. I can feel things. Like, I know things when things are about to happen. I feel people's energy, which is why I'm really successful in my space. But it might be a lot too deep for a lot of people. But I'll say this. My first cup is my husband. My relationship has to be on top. If it's not on top, then I feel just less than great. So me and my husband, we give each other a high five at the end of every night when we put our kids to bed and we hold hands when we go to sleep. And then when we wake up, I, he always gives me a kiss on the forehead because I'm usually up first and he'll come. And and just the start of that day, even if we're, even if we had like not a great conversation, it just balances my day. My relationship with my kids has to be on point or at least going toward a path of greatness like right before I came over to film with you I was walking out of the house and my one of my sons was really distracted and he ran to the window and I heard him say papa and he opened the door and he ran out and gave me one more hug and kiss before I walked over to my transformation center so that with family is very important to me the other way I fill my cup is through dance oh my goodness if I'm not dancing, that's why people are like, oh my gosh, you dance, you have, you shake your butt. I'm like, I absolutely do because the joy that I feel when I beat hits my ears. Like you have no idea. So these are the things like even when I'm in a really bad place, because right now, I'll be honest, I'm in a really bad headspace right now with surgery, dealing with injuries. I have knee and two shoulder surgeries coming up. So I'm really stressed. But I'm like, if I can find a way to dance and shake that ass, I'm like, I'm good to go. And then last but not least, 
playing tennis. I, my sport is tennis. I love it so much. I just, it, it, it helps me get that, get that speed, power, agility, strength, everything that I would get in a workout. But sometimes working out feels like a job. So, you know, I get that. And so that's kind of how I fill my cup. And the last but not least is I travel. And sometimes I travel just with Scott and just want to relax. Sometimes I, I'll go to a city just so I can see a friend or friends. Like a couple weeks ago, I went to New York City to surprise a friend and I was able to have dinner with some other friends. And these things really fill my cup. And so I know I'm talking a lot about filling your cup, but this is how I stay on top. This is how I stay afloat because a lot of times people will see someone who's really successful and they're like a duck in water, right? They feel like, oh my gosh, they're so great. But, you know, that duck's legs is swimming really hard and really fast underwater to stay afloat. And so, um, you know, I really just say if you're not 100% and you are definitely struggling with mental health or physical injuries or whatever, you have to have a cup in different cupboards to really kind of keep that balance and that focus. All right, let's get into these Not Your Average Joe takeaways. Not Your Average Joe tip number one of many. Have different cups in your cupboard to pull from. It's impossible to get all of your good energy or motivation or extra oomph from the same places or people. The Not So Average Joe knows that we need to have our arsenal of tools to boost our mood. Because no matter how motivated you are, when you're laying in bed feeling like a crummy crumb, you're gonna need to know how to pull yourself back up. And a good journal prompt that this made me think of is asking yourself, what are those cups that you use to fill yours back up? Or in other not so kitchen related lingo, where do you get your energy? Bonus prompt, what drains your energy? Mm. It's like you think about these moments that shaped you and I'm not even gonna lie, it was, hip-hop abs like how funny is that oh my gosh i can't even believe that i mean i love it so much because hip-hop abs was my first program and i felt like it was in a place where i was filming where i was really fresh and very um i came right off of a group exercise circuit where i was traveling the world and um i was in all different countries and i had no care in the world so for me they were, I remember going into my first like audition for hip hop abs and they were like, you know, you're on camera. So you have to be, you know, you have to, you know, whatever. And I was just like, girl, what you talking about? I ain't going to change for this camera. I'm like, there's only one person you're going to see. And that is me. And that is, that's just exactly how I'm going to give it. So I just had, I just am unable. I really have no filter by way of being my authentic self. I, I really don't know how to not be myself. Um, and when I've tried in, you know, relationships or in public situations, it's always an epic fail because there's a few things that I don't do. Joe, there's a few things I don't do. You want to know a couple of them? And a lot of people, I don't, I don't, I don't go to networking events I think they are whack, and I'm sorry, you know, I'm not trying to hate on anybody. If you do, they're just whack for me because I hate going into a room at a big event where there's a bunch of speakers and everybody's, like, trying to vibe for attention because they're all going to be on stage. I think everybody's really nice, but I realized, I was like, this is not the place for me. If I run into them in the hallway or in the elevator or at the coffee shop or something at the event, that's when I'll talk to people. But I'm not going to circumnavigate a room because I feel like I have to be on. And if I feel like I have to be on, I'm out. So that's why when you did hip hop ads or when you do any of my programs, first of all, I pray to God. I pay to pray to my grandfather to give me strength. And then I just, I just like, I'm like, feel what's in the moment. And so, you know, that's just, that's just me. I, I do not know how to be like fake or anything like that. Cause it's just not possible for me to live in that and space. It's, it's tricky <laughs> in the entertainment industry. I have so many different things that I want to talk to you about because I filmed the show on Netflix and that opened the door for this traditional world of media, but I'm similar to you. Like I come from gritty background, illegal immigrant shit. Like I was not on a path to do something so public. And I think it's freshman year for me in the public eye because the show launched we had two seasons oh, yeah. so i'm in the hip-hop abs moment in my life and you know hopefully it can continue to be a career that that extends far beyond these first two seasons but i think about how different 
I feel in those rooms because when you come from those humble mm. beginnings, it's like I would rather have a conversation with you washing my hands in a bathroom than wearing a ball gown in the Met Gala. Like I'd rather be home working, editing videos, whatever, like learning languages, doing me, and then I happen to run into you on the street and there's a funny moment and this is how we connect than be in these situations. So it's like navigating being in the public eye, you've done so many different programs. Like you're not just a fitness instructor, you're a celebrity fitness motivator, which I know you have you have qualms <laughs> with the word and like I want to hear more about that too. But how does that look in your life? Like it's your career to be in the public and to be in these pretentious with quotes situations. Oh I am so happy you actually brought that. I'm happy that we need to hang out. We do but listen. <laughs> So, so on the real, real, I remember when I moved to Los Angeles and I would meet people at dance class and I was a stripper at one point, listen, I had to make ends meet. <laughs> and so I just remember meeting people and they're like, oh my gosh, like Paris Hilton is going to be at this party and you have to go. And so I was just like, okay, girl, like I'll go, you know, I'm just like, okay. And I remember going. And okay, Paris Hilton was over there, but you ain't talking to her and everybody's doing cocaine. So I, at that point, I was like, what? This ain't doing nothing for me. For me to, 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 and this was before Instagram and all that, for me to be like, oh, I'm at a party because Paris Hilton's going to be there. A casting director don't care about that. They don't care if you were somewhere with another celebrity. What they care about is if you're really great at your craft. And so... When I felt that people were pretentious, I would never go to pretent pretentious places. I remember having that experience and then treating my time, my early years in Los Angeles, as, listen, I have a degree. I interview for corporate jobs. You know, I, people don't notice, but I worked at a pharmaceutical company. I was a, a program manager for health promotion. So I was just like, I'm going to treat this like my professional career before I tried to come into this dance world. And it paid off tremendously because I would show up to auditions. I wasn't like cutting up with the people. I'm like, here's my headshot. Give me those steps and let me eat and eat by way of choreography. Well, let me let get me it. it. But, um, so yeah, let me get it. I have to tell my little lingo to people. So, and so then I just remember I had a really tight group of friends in Los Angeles. I just did not do the whole partying thing. And I mean, I, like I said, I was a stripper. I had to make that money. But, you know, I just like did my little dance and I went home. And then I, I would wake up at 445 in the morning, go do my morning gig, audition, do my evening gig. And I was just like, I'm cutting to the chase because I just felt like it was an office building. I, I feel like when I was there, you know, LA was a big office building and it was like, who you know? And I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter who you know if you ain't gonna be yourself, number one, or if that person doesn't really care about what you have to bring to the table. And that means on the base level of even a friendship, you don't have to be a casting director or a director or somebody that knows somebody to get me somewhere. I just wanted quality, you know, relationships. And so that's kind of what I build my life on every single day. I don't I don't care about race or gender or whatever. I'm just like, can we just be good people? And I do want to say though because a lot of times when I get into my, my motivational space, people who are listening again, they feel like, "Oh, well, you know, oh my god, this is like sounds perfect. My life isn't perfect. I have a temper. I've been to therapy. You know, I'm working through myself every day. I wake up sometimes I look in the mirror and don't like what I see. I have to work through that too. But I'm just very present. And I think that's how I continue to work through. There'll be times where I'm really suffering from anxiety and I'll be sitting in the kitchen and I'll just look at Scott and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like having a really tough moment right now. And I start crying and we work through it. So I just wanted to give that out there because I don't want people to think that I'm perfect, but I definitely stay present and I work on myself and I try to be the best that I can be in those moments. That's why pretentiousness just doesn't work for me. Not your average Joe. Tip number two. 
Focusing on quality over quantity is definitely the key when it comes to relationships. We're living in an age where it's so much connection, but how many of those connections are really of substance? The more I get to know people who are constantly smiling, they have great careers and they stay motivated while balancing seemingly everything, the one thing they all have in common is they are masters of cultivating meaningful relationships. And they've had those relationships for years because they prioritize them. And that's a major takeaway. This is that time in the podcast where everyone's pulling out their phone and calling their oldest friend and saying, I love you. We gotta appreciate the real ones because that fake friend nonsense, it ain't it. After the break, we take the conversation up a notch. We take it to a whole nother level about triumph, about really dark times and how to stay positive when it seems like all hope is lost because there's always a little tiny bit of hope and we're gonna remind you of it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I think your ability, your superpower to be rooted in the moment is because you have a great relationship with yourself. Like, you don't need to be in a party with Paris Hilton because who gives a shit? Like, if you're not doing good, if you're not engaged, you're not into it. But when you were a kid, do you think there was a moment where you had to really sink into your personality, into your identity and be cool with being yourself? Because I know you were bullied as a kid for being gay. And I always find it fascinating that people who were ostracized or were the others in these young developmental stages, like not to get super psychological, I'm not a psychologist, but like I was the outcast once. So it's like when you were a kid, was there a memory that you can think of that really made you sink into who you are today and, and that made you who you are? Yes, definitely. When I was a kid, I had moments. I think it was like steps. So, you know, my first moments was really being sexually abused and sexually molested by my stepfather was was terrible. So that kind of made me grow up really quickly, psychologically, because I had to make a decision, you know, to fight or flight really played into my psyche as a very young child. Um, so then I had to turn into like protecting myself. So I think that's really where my relationship with myself really began because I went, you know, I was being molested multiple times, you know, a week or whatever. And so then I would hide in a closet during the day and I would have my, my buddy doll and I would have my light bright. So it was just me and them and we were hanging out. And that's when I really started to just be like, yo, like, you know, I mean, now I, after therapy, I understand what was happening. Back then, I was just feeling like, you know, I was hiding and retreating. But what I was really doing was really finding a way to believe myself and finding a way to keep going. And then once the molestation ended, I moved out of my house at 14 years old so that I could, you know, find peace. And I remember my first big cry that I had the first time I had, first night I was outside of my house, I had moved to my grandparents' house and they prayed over me. And I, it was like the next day there was this awakening. You know, my grandfather talked about as a pastor in church being born again. For me, that's what being born again was getting out of a toxic household, waking up in a new space of love. And then I really started to love myself. And I went from being a really quiet, shy kid that would definitely get teased for being gay, even though I fought back because, child, I'm from the hood. So, you know, while I might have been bullied, we still rocking. So, um, that's probably where my temper comes from. <laughs> <laughs> fight or flight. But uh, right, I'm like, we're gonna fight. You got the wrong look. You got the wrong motherfucking one up in here. I'm like, I might get beat up, but if we going down, it's going down. 
So, and kids are just horrible. So, um, so then I, you know, I, when I got to high school, I just started to really come into my own and, you know, I became, you know, I was a track star and I was the president of the a race club and I, you know, I played sports and all that stuff. And, and I was, I started singing. And so my life just became really fruitful and it blossomed, you know, then I moved to college and that's when coming out as gay is 21. So my life has steps and, you know, just kind of like moments of me consistently trying to navigate my way through who I am and my relationship with myself. And I tell people out there, you know, especially if you're listening, I, I truly believe that life happens in sevens. And that's why in my book, I have the seven superpowers because these are all the superpowers I use throughout my life. And the first superpower I talk about is being uncomfortable. The more you can get comfortable being uncomfortable, oh my God, like, you know, when you started, when you probably shot your first episode of your show, of course you have your you know, your, your vibrancy and you have your personality, but internally you're like, child, first of all, this is new. There's money behind me. Like, oh my gosh. Right. And so you have to find a way to, to find comfort in being uncomfortable. Then it's about being full out and being flexible and being creative. And, you know, so you have to like utilize all these different powers in order to push forward. So that's how, that's what I did as I, you know, continue to grow. And I still use them to this day. You know, I think I'm, I just passed 42. I'm 43 now, actually. And I feel my life is in a completely different space. I mean, fatherhood has kind of taken over. And then now I'm in my mind, I'm saying, okay, well, what's next in my career? Because I can only jump around for a few more years, honey. So, you know, I'll be able to twerk that ass for about 35 more years. But jumping around is going to have its day. For the rest of time. <laughs> right. Not your average Joe, tip number three. We really do all have our unique superpowers. Maybe we already recognize a few. Maybe we're still uncovering some. You've watched the superhero movies. It's not always easy to figure it out. But here's another journal prompt and just food for thought. Write down all of those superpowers that have guided you through the toughest parts of your life. The Not Average Joe takes time to be aware of said powers because they'll need to keep them top of mind for when times get tough, because we all know that times get tough. And the most fascinating part of all is that the stronger you become, the more aware of your own power you are, the more willing you are to be vulnerable. I think it's so courageous that you were even vulnerable enough to share such a profound, awful thing that happened to you. and just to be confident enough to, sh to say that publicly. This is not something that people are okay with even thinking in their head. Not only did you do that, but you're like talking about it publicly. How therapeutic was it to just release that? Oh, it was very therapeutic. So I remember when I was in therapy and I learned that when you stop crying about your sexual abuse and your trauma, and you can talk about it, that's when you are healed. It will always be a part of you. You'll always have these triggers and you'll always have to manage that. However, there would be times where I would talk about it and I would still like break down because it was just too much. But now, you know, after years of therapy, I'm in a place where I can talk about it because now I use it as a tool to help people to understand that, yes, this guy who's either dancing on the screen or, or <laughs> making you do 100 power jumps in insanity like there was a point where I was weak too. And so that's why all of my workouts are really about, I'm like, yo, like we just got to have a good time because life is so short and you're going through so much, but we got to, we got to persevere, you know, we got to push through. So, you know, that's kind of how I, I focus and de not deal with it, but that's how I'm able to share it publicly because I just want you out there to know that you are not alone. It's okay to be at the, in the beginning stages of working through your stuff it's okay to be in the middle of it. It's okay to cry about it. You can cry about it forever. But all of those emotions that you have toward things that you've been through are positive changes because you have to go across the bridge of emotion to get to the other side, right? Like change doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, you might have light bulb moments and aha moments, but all of it requires work and action. And so if right now tears are your action, then keep on crying. Keep on crying, keep on crying, keep on crying, keep on crying through it because eventually you'll know why you're crying through it and then eventually you'll 
hopefully be able to work your way that you can manage it and and really use it to teach yourself and other people how to persevere like mic drop every time oh, no. every time you speak it's so good no it's it's true and it's all coming from an authentic place this is not a script mm -mm. that you're preparing this is this is from your life experiences and like from the consistent muscle building of not only physical muscles but like of being uncomfortable i love that you said that and i agree for me growing up as like the outsider in this community of all white american kids and being the other and having mothers touch my hair and saying that it was a wig or wanting to cut it off like i'm a seven-year-old little girl and i'm having to deal with these things that are like not normal for a little kid to deal with or you know on bring your bring your parent to school day i was always embarrassed because my mom was a housekeeper and a nanny and here are these kids with lawyers and doctors and receptionists for parents and i'm i'm like oh my mom is sick today it's like all of these moments where life was testing me and and then it just created this person who was so okay with everything and not only okay with it but like proud of it i'm proud of these mm. things that i was once kind of nervous about as a kid and that has just trickled into a life of traveling alone as a woman as a woman of color like feeling pretty unstoppable and it seems to be the same for you it's like those moments in childhood trickled into you coming into your your skin and not only having the confidence you have in yourself but being able to pull that out of other people i mean i love that you shared that too especially about your race and actually starting as a young child because you know one of my sons like he only likes female superheroes <laughs> and he he wears the dresses he like he wears the wigs like he makes us do the hair and it's incredible and you know i think about like when you said that people touch you and they're like oh my gosh like difference is beautiful and i think that you know it just really sucks that people have an idea that everybody should be the same and they just don't understand that people are different and they should celebrate the beauty instead of being like, like, what are you doing? But to your point um, about traveling alone as a woman of color, oh my gosh, like, I know I'm going to interview you, but I'm, I'm not going to ask you a question. I'm going to answer your question because I have so many questions for you. But I just think that if I can relate in just a small way, when I started traveling the world and I was the only black person in maybe even a Muslim community or when I was in Germany and I was like the only black person around. It's very, um, it just brings like so much self-awareness. It brings so much self-awareness, awareness, if that makes sense. Because then you start to realize like, wow, I am different. But for me, I just kind of change it around. If this is answering your question, I just change it around to be like, Yo, if this is an opportunity for me to feel myself a little more and to know my uniqueness and build off of that, because I'm like, yo, these bitches don't know me. So I might as well just literally be all of me because whether they judge me or not, like I'm only going to be in this restaurant once. I might only be in this city once. And what I realized by doing that, by really exuding more of myself even in that in those uncomfortable phases, I gain so much better connections. And I think that's the point. Listen, people, the more you are yourself, the connections that you build are so incredible. The more you try to be like everybody else and the more you try to be likable, you are going to have like a lot more superficial connections. And so for me... I mean, you know, a double tap on a photo or a follow is great, but I actually post to lose followers because I want the people who are there to be the family, to be the people that's like, yo, like if I post a booty picture or when I started posting pictures, my husband and I, I would lose like 500, 1,000 followers and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people are so mean. And now I'm like, thank you and goodbye because because these people who are sticking around at the party, these are my people. And... Last but not least, I just don't feel like, you know, I mean, I don't want to be Oprah. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be a celebrity that everybody thinks is like so wonderful because I'm, I don't, I don't want to carry that burden because I'm not trying to be the stand up guy. I'm trying to live my life authentically so that you see my struggles, you see my strengths, 
You see my failures, you see my successes, and you see my realness overall. All right, I know I keep interrupting, but I just got to highlight these nuggets of wisdom. Not your average Joe, tip number four. The more authentic you are, the more authentic your connections will be. It sounds simple, but you'd be surprised at how many people are out there wearing these masks. A not average Joe will lean on their differences and even turn them into careers and strengths and reasons to attract the best people right to them. It's usually the things that you were bullied for as a kid or that thing that your boss never accepted that's gonna take your life to another dimension of goodness. Trust that little voice inside of you, trust that little thing in your gut, as long as it's not a tapeworm. <laughs> It's probably exactly what you're meant to do and be and experience. So the whole point of the Not Your Average Joe podcast is like to pull out these takeaways of like, this is tangible, whatever. Everything you're saying, it's just, it's honestly, it's so basic, but it's so hard in today's world because we're living in this superficial, likes-driven age. And to be honest, it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. Like, I think we're really diving into very dangerous territories where you have to be super conscious of what you're consuming when you're scrolling on social media same like I I dealt with that for a little bit too where I was concerned I'm like oh shit I just posted this thing that's like so authentically me and then I lost a bunch of followers and I'm like good it's almost like a plant you have to prune the dead leaves so good and beautiful things can grow from it but it is tough right like this is active muscle building that we have to try because the society is full of junk food i was just talking to my friend who who's going through a funk and she was like yeah i've been binging a bunch of shows and and i told her i was like you know it's funny i go through phases ironically like i'm on a tv show so my business is like hey guys watch my show but i'm like whenever i'm in a phase where i'm binging shows or i'm binging shit that i know isn't good for me it feels like i'm just putting junk food in my body or as if I'm journaling, or if I'm learning languages, or if I'm writing, like these are my core things, then I feel nutritious. And maybe there's that split second right before I'm like, shit, I don't really wanna open that book. Like, damn, that feels like work. But when I read a few pages, I'm like, wow, so much better than binging seven episodes of a show that like probably will not affect my life in any way other than taking seven hours from my life. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. I love your um, watching the shows analogy and I love your junk food analogy. But I have to tell you, so when I binge watch shows, it's like when you open a book. I'm like, I know I'm going to be sitting here and I'm going to get wrapped up into this. But I pick the one thing that's happening in that show. And I'm like, I relate it to my life because I'm like, I'm wasting my time. But I'm just like, how can I do this? So I was just um, I just finished season three of Pose. I'm not sure if you saw the show Pose. And I just say to myself, like, I love this. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. But this season was so great because when when Prey went back to his hometown, he was having a conversation with his mom and he was going back to church. And it just reminded me of so many things that I dealt with as a kid. And I'm like, wow, like it really helped me out in a way. It helped me feel normal. And it also helped me realize that there's so many other people that are going going through and have been through a lot of the same things that I go through. So, you know, in your in relation to the shows and binge watching, I'm like, if you do binge watch, journal at the same time like Joe does. Like, journal something that you're getting from it so that you can turn junk food into organic material. But um, I'll also say, you know, how do I, for me, how I navigate through this life, you know, Joe, I have like, oh my gosh, I have really come to a place where I really try not to judge people. I try so hard. There are times that we all judge people. We all do it. We have to judge people because a lot of times we have to judge people for our safety. <laughs> we have to judge people, you know, for our emotions and our distance and all this stuff. But I really try not to judge people as best I can because I just believe that I can learn so much from the human experience, even in the, even the ignorant ass people. I'm like, so me and my husband have this thing. When we go into a restaurant, if we have a server that's just like rude, you know, sometimes they come up to your table and you're like, child, what happened to you? Um, as soon as they're like, as soon as we realize that they're having a bad day, Scott and I be like, so how are you? Like, how can, how, how can we have a good time? And, you know, they're a little standoffish at first. They're kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. And can I get your drink? But every time they come back to the table, we're like, oh, cool. And we're like, boom. And we start to, like, engage with them because I can easily fall into, oh, my God, I got a bad server. Let me go to the 
manager i want somebody different and i can create a really bad experience and it's and i know people might be like well it's not your job to do that but for me i just want to help people out i don't want to i don't want to leave this restaurant judging this person i want to leave this restaurant being like oh my gosh that person was awesome because we we all have an awesome side most of us so anyway so that's how i navigate through it i just try not to judge people and if i do come encounter people i'm like one of my superpowers is being mad cool like i'm like this is going okay so you can be positively selfish some people might find this vain i'm like so cool i'm like your biggest fan i am so cool i like to have a good time if you meet me at the airport if you meet me at if you meet me at the uh, a bar in a hotel and I'm having my old fashioned, I don't care who you are. If I don't have to go to my room or catch the Uber to go somewhere and you sit next to me and you want to talk, we having a good time. And so I just believe that when you look beyond the surface of a human, you start to get obviously deeper and then your conversations become more effectiveness, more effective and they become more whole and they be just become fruitful and, and abundant. And so um, I don't like rude people. I don't like bullies. But I do try to find if I encounter someone who's less than positive, I'm like, well, if I'm going to be here, let's figure out how we can make this work. The flip side of all that is, before I finish up on this topic, is I do want to talk about social media and bullies and all that stuff. So people are like, oh, don't pay attention to the bullies or whatever that people are saying in your comments. No, 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 no. I am going to pay attention to it. I am going to put you in your place. And the reason why is not necessarily because it affects me, but personally, it affects me because there are a lot of people who follow me who aren't out yet, who, you know, I th- even though I feel everybody's in the closet about something, people aren't out yet or, you know, they're trying to learn how to be free and be free for themselves. And so when I'm like, I got bullied as a kid, I'm not doing it now. I'm definitely going to put you in your place. And I want people to know that you are allowed to take up for yourself. And so what I've done over the years of my social media, now I get minimal negative comments. I used to get a lot, but now I get minimal because I think people, either they unfollowed me or I blasted them. And I'm like, you got to be out. So there is a balance for me to be like, yo, I want to work with somebody who's less than positive. But also, I'm definitely not going to let you come in my house and bully me. But just because I don't want it to affect other people. I don't want people to be like, see, that's why I'm not going to come out the closet. Because even if somebody like Sean T can get bullied or, you know, whatever. I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> we going to handle that, especially if I see Well, it's it. like your fight is for... Your fight is selfless, and I think that's so beautiful about you. Like when you are giving the analogy of sitting in the restaurant, yes, you're having a less than desirable time with the server who's kind of being cold, but you're like, okay, this is bigger than me. This is, this. they're having a rough time, right? And so many people that I've talked to, whether it's people, you know, in the limelight or not, I think they always find success when their mission is bigger than themselves, when their mission is selfless. It's like, you're not doing this for the likes, for your ego. You're doing this shit because you know how it is to be bullied as a kid and you know how it is to be ostracized and you know how it is to go through something detrimental. So you're thinking about them. And I think that Mm. is such a huge lesson that we could all apply in our lives. Like whenever we're in our heads or we're anxious about shit, it's like, why is the mission that you're on bigger than yourself? Like, don't do it for you. Of course, you're going to get something good out of it, too. Like, yeah. I heard an episode you said that you don't like being called the motivator, but the cool thing about motivating people is that it's medicine for yourself. So it becomes this yes. cyclical oh healing. How dope is that? I've, you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting to say, you know, we, you and I, possibly could agree on this, is to say, you know, oh, you know, I do it for the people, we do it for the mission. But authentically, it's what makes us feel good, you know, because we do I just I just find no joy in being like. How can I say this? I find no joy in making it all about me. I I, I just don't find any joy in that. I don't understand how people are so self-centered that they don't even see that other people are suffering. And so. What makes me feel good is knowing that you feel good, too. And a lot of people have asked me, and I remember a lot of people asked me, you know, about my religion and religious and spirituality and stuff. And, you know, I grew up in the church in a whole nine. However, when I was six years old, I was in first grade and in my classroom where they have the alphabet above the chalkboard, there was a little scroll that said, 
do unto others as you have others do unto you. And I remember at six years old processing that, like, wow, like, if I'm really good to people, like, I want people to be good to me, so I'm going to be good to people. And so that's just been my motto since I was six years old. I'm like, I, I have to choose the path. I, if I don't want that to happen to me, I don't want that to happen to somebody else. And so some people might be like, well, it's selfish. Yeah, but my whole point is for all of us to have a great life or have a great time as much as possible. It's impossible for it to be great 100% of the time. But my main goal is for us to have a good ass time because we only hear once. I mean, for those who believe in, you know, the gates of heaven, then great. Like, you know what I mean? I know that if you believe in heaven, the streets of gold, you know, God is going to be waiting for you. All of the people are going to you going to be having you have a God probably won't like me saying this, but you can have a good ass time up there. But for but don't just try to go to heaven for you. Like, why are you just trying to go to heaven for you? Like, why don't you help just other people? Just trying to save yourself. Yeah, why don't you have other people have a good ass time while they're here? You know, that's why I love that show, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. <laughs> if the heaven is the good place, like, that's where I want to go. Because they're just having a good ass time. But anyway, so that's kind of how I... <laughs> that's how how i manage people it's a crazy crazy world like you could do the best you can do right all we could do is control our own behaviors and our own reactions and all that like we all have so much work to do but i think people forget how connected we really are and maybe that's just the big takeaway it's like whether you're celebrity whether you're a bajillionaire like you're still a human being you still got problems People still got problems, and I think taking that minute to think what is going on in their heads. I always think about this, too. Like, I love learning languages because it helps me reframe how to think about things just because of, like, the structure of a sentence. It's like, how do you address somebody with respect? Like, in Portuguese, I'm Brazilian. Mm. From the from the jump, I was calling older people, you know, sir, ma'am. Like, like the, there's a moment of respect that I'm giving them. But in English, it's like... Hey, you. And it's it could be Oprah. It could be your teacher. It could wow. be your grandparent. So it created this entitled society where it's like, we don't really respect people linguistically speaking. But then it kind of trickles into behavior where it's like no respect for most people is given. Mm-hmm. And the truth is we can respect anybody for, for just being another human. But it's like, well, why is mm. that lost in the mix? It's so true. I, you know, I just had like a few bad experiences with just airlines lately. And I understand, you know, with the pandemic, you know, people are probably understaffed and overworked and stuff. And like I said, with the restaurant analogy, I'm usually the person that's like, let me see how I can make this a, a, a better day. But I just find people, I, while I do believe in freedom of speech and all that, I just find that people think I have the freedom to like be rude to you as well. And so I love that you talk about learning languages. And, you know, for me, I know a little bit of French. I know a little bit of Spanish. And so it definitely makes you, it, 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 it puts you into this form or this rule or this structure where you do have to respect people right away. And I think that, I think that we here in the U.S. are, are missing some of that. It's like, well, I feel bad today, so you're going to feel bad too. And I just don't. I just don't think that that's the right way to be. So the only thing I could say to that is if you're somebody out there that's like that and you know who you are, just, you know what I mean? Instead of being rude, just be like, yo, I'm having a bad day, but I'm going to try to help you. I'd rather you tell me you having a bad day and that you're going to help me as best as possible because I can work with that. But just being rude to somebody is I can't work with that. I can't work with that. <laughs> I just can't. It's work true. With it's like keeping it real. Keep it real. Like, tell me what's up on a human level. Like, we all go through our bad days. So if you just come clean instead of trying to carry this facade of bullshit that I'm going to smell on you on in two seconds, it's like, keep it real and good things mm-hmm. will come your way. Yes, all the way. That's listen. I mean, sometimes, you know, the good things might take a few weeks to come, but just be real, be you, be positive, and you'll definitely feel, you'll definitely reap better benefits by being Not your average Joe, tip number five. A not average Joe usually has moments of reflection. It could be in the shower, brushing your teeth, sitting on the toilet. It's like all of my most profound thoughts always come from being in the bathroom for some reason, but they ask themselves... 
what am I not keeping real right now? Because even if we are aware, some things could fall through the cracks. Like, I'm gonna keep it real. There were times where I wasn't keeping it real with myself. And that's also why it's good to have those real friends around you. Because if you ever forget who you are or where you're going, you look to your mirrors and they'll tell you where you've come from. So it's easier to see the path forward. I read somewhere online, because I was doing some stalking, that the biggest thing you've ever done was writing. T is for transformation. Do you still feel that way? And what does that look like in the future? Like, I want to consume all of your content. Yes, thank you. Yes, it was the, it's the best thing because I noticed that a lot of my newer, I hate, I use the word fans, I guess, my newer fans are coming from having read my book. Or maybe they did my workout and then they read my book and they're like, holy shit, like, okay, this is why he is that way. Um, I definitely want to write another book. I already have the title. Oh my gosh. But it's just with four, with new kids, they're four years old. I'm like, when they go to school, I think I'll have time to sit down and, and, and bring that back. But it'll be great because it'll be about, you know, four more years or maybe five more years of, of, learning about myself that I'll be able to put out there. So yes. And another thing we didn't even get into is time management. Like, is there a strategy that you use your husband, your father, a celebrity personality, a trainer, like so many things? How do you even wake up a podcast host, an amazing one at that? How do you time manage all the all of this? Thank you. Uh, I just have a really great team because I suck. I suck at time management. Like I don't look at my calendar, I just be scheduling stuff. And so I have a really great team. I'm really bad at it. Um, I, t I manage my time with my family really well, like, I guess, because that's super important to me. But I'm all over the show. Like, I'm a creative, so I'm a nightmare. And so, you know, Chip and Elliot and Alex and my husband, Scott, who are my core team, they keep me together. So get the good <laughs> people in your corner. Right. I want to switch gears a little bit because I was texting my sister and my cousin. Okay. They were in the hip-hop abs oh craze with me. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm the youngest of, of the family. So my sister is a little older. My cousin's older. And I was like, guys, I'm interviewing Shanti. And they were like, get the fuck out. This is so exciting. <laughs> and then I, I got a text from my sister. And my sister, I was like, do you have any questions for him? And she was like, no, I just want him to know that as kids, he was the first boss-ass bitch as a person of color, shaking his ass, giving us hope. You were such a boss. And oh. again, representation is is now a buzzword. But back then, it was not... We were not talking about representation until the last maybe like five to seven years max. You know, I get messages from little girls and parents of little girls saying that they watch my show. And because of that, their mm -hmm. daughters see themselves in travel. And that to me is... The creme de la creme, like that's the cherry on top. As a black man in the space of auditioning, being one of the few, how was that journey? Like how did being a black man, a black gay man, shape your Hollywood path? I will tell you that one of the th great things about my mom was she was just like, if someone doesn't like you, it's fine because there's billions of other people in the world that will like you. And that was the foundation of my ability to how can I say it, to really just continue to trust and believe in myself, you know, no matter what. And like I said, I had already traveled the world. You know, I lived in Istanbul. I spent a lot of time in Germany and Europe and Japan. Like I had been all over the place. So I had this base of confidence, number one, from my mother and number two, from other cultures that I just had to be. So when I got to the States and I was going to be on camera, you know, I could have acted straight if I wanted to, but I'm like, who the fuck wants that? Like, you're going to be able to see through that right away, you know? And it's so funny. People who've done Insanity only, they didn't see hip-hop abs. I'm like, child, I was cutting up. But, um, you know, <laughs> so when I created hip-hop abs, I was just like, I know what gets people excited. I know it makes them happy, and I know who I am. And so, you know, thanks to your sister for calling me the first ball. I'm a ball sent. Mm. You know, but thank you. <laughs> She's straight up. I got, I'm going to send you the, like, the screenshot. I was dying. Oh, my God. I love like, it. It's true. But I think that I also didn't add pressure to myself to be that. I just continue to be myself. Listen, I'm from the hood. I was on food stamps. My mom's car barely start in the morning. You know, like when it was freezing outside, we had to get a jump. We would break down on the side of the road. I had free lunch in school. You know, I was always in the free lunch line. I had holes in my socks, you know. 
I, I had to wear shoes until I, they literally didn't work anymore. So my found the foundation of who I am was accepting, not accepting the bare minimum, but knowing that what I had, I had to appreciate, right? So then when I got to a space where there's lights and cameras around me, I'm like, so why the fuck are you trying to be, why are you going to try to be somebody else? I ain't trying to be nobody else. I don't have time. Listen, I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? So it just allowed me to, to just be. And I think that, you know, for, per your sister's uh, text to you, I appreciate it and thank you because I think she just saw somebody being like, well, we here now. And a lot of people saw themselves in me kind of like the, the young girls see themselves in you. They see, yo, there's nothing like a gay black man as a group fitness instructor. Like we are the creme de la creme. I, I have re- I have straight black friends that are fitness instructors. I have straight white friends. I have, you know, all this. But the, the gay black man is the shit, okay? <laughs> we know how to be a boss-ass it's bitch. It's so good. <laughs> and it's, it feels like a party, you know? Like, we are in the middle of winter in the attic of my Connecticut house, and my mom is like, you guys are going to break the attic because we're out there getting it, getting it, getting it. Like, and it, it was from your energy that seeped from the dvd to the screen to me which now created this motivational person that i am too like how much fitness to me has been such a through line and hopefully we'll talk about it on your episode but it's been it's it's such a core of motivation not just in the fitness world but like in how you see life i guess to wrap it up Mm. I always like to ask my guests if there's one piece of advice that you could give anyone to be a little bit of a less average Joe, what would it be? Mm, 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 mm. Write down in a journal, because I know Joe loves y'all to journal, write down in a journal all of the things that you would be judged for most. Write those down and do those things at least 60% of the time. If you like wearing, if you like dyeing your hair purple and you're just not doing it because you f- think you're going to be judged, wear, dye your hair purple. If you're a guy and you want to wear heels sometimes, even if you're a straight married man, put on the motherfucking heels, yo. If you are somebody who is known for eating super healthy foods and you go to a restaurant and you just don't eat the fries because you're afraid that somebody might see you because they eat the motherfucking fries. Like, don't don't live for the norm because you're not normal. There's no such thing as normal. And last but not least, like, just, like, do all the journaling and the eating and the dyeing of your hair, but just embrace your uniqueness. This is what makes you, you, your life will be so much better if you separate yourself from everybody else. And the joy about that is if you love dyeing your hair purple, if you love eating French fries, if you love wearing heels, even if you're a straight man, you're going to find a community of people that are going to love you more than the surface people because they're going to be like, oh, my God, like there's someone else like me and you will not be an average Joe. Is there anything more I can say? No. (laughs) Well, I just thank you so much for having me on. I thank you. Sean, seriously, like, wow, there's a reason why you've had so much success and you'll have continued success, whether you can hop around or not. We know you're going to be shaking that booty. I love absolutely like everything about you. I might not have the abs at 70, but I'm sure I'm going to have that. <laughs> that ass ain't going nowhere. <laughs> wow. You know how they say you should never meet your childhood idol? Well, I just did, and I completely disagree. He was fucking dope. Anyways, I'm so thankful. Sean, thank you for coming onto the podcast. Everyone out there listening, if you need a good kick in the booty and you want to have a great time while doing it, Google Sean T. You can get any of his workout programs. It's so amazing. Like, genuinely, it's the best workout I've ever had in my life. I did some of Insanity a few years back, and I'm, like, still sore from that. (laughs) But you could also read his book, listen to his podcast. The man is just dripping that goodness that we need more of in the world. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. I've really enjoyed this and I can't wait to grow it with you guys. And if you'd like to take these conversations, these Not Your Average Joe topics in the journaling format, I do have Joe Club, which is my membership program where we meet twice monthly to answer questions like this. So I created a little special promo code for my Not Your Average Joe family. Just type in Not Your 
average Joe at checkout and you'll get 50% off your first month of Joe Club. I'll link everything in the description box below. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like oozing gratitude right now and just hoping that we can all be a little less average together. I'm feeling a lot less average since I started this podcast and I'm still going full steam ahead with Black History Month. Join me next week as I sit down with one of my favorite linguists who happens to be a person of color. We chat it up. We talk about all the good things, all the nitty gritty. And I'm super stoked because these Black History Month conversations are just upping my game. Like there's really so much good out there to be gained and learned and that is super dope this podcast was produced and edited by me yours truly sitting in the back of the computer it was mastered by jeff morrow and the theme song was made and performed by my sister fernanda franco for more of me follow my daily shenanigans on instagram at joe underscore franco and joe club has an instagram joe club for free prompts and not your average joe pod has an instagram account because i'm a psychopath (laughs) thank you again How many times can I say thank you? Okay, this is the last one. Thank you, guys, and have a not-so-average week. I'll see you soon. You look amazing. Hey, yo, come listen to my girl, man. What you doing? Shit. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 